Hello, my name is Ricky Turner, and welcome to Turner Takeover. I am currently a sophomore journalism student at Temple University. And, you know, I started this podcast because I am a huge sports fan. Um, I'm a huge Steelers and Wizards fan. And so I'm mostly going to be discussing NFL and NBA news. And at the end of each show, I'll probably discuss one or two random topics and I'm going to let the audience choose those, so I'll post them on my social media accounts. My Instagram is theallamerican84, all lowercase, and my Snapchat is rturner07. And I'll probably post what you guys want to talk about at the end of each show on there. And hopefully this turns out good. I'm excited to get this going. And let's begin. here in our second episode now Um, it's basically the second part of my first episode because I think I underestimated how much content I actually had and how much time I actually take to talk and go through the materials so this was supposed to be all in one episode but this is going to be the second episode now Um, this isn't going to be a normal thing usually it'll be one episode every week every other week probably earlier in the week not not this late Um, but We're going to be talking about our NBA news now, and nine games have now been postponed this year due to COVID after the Wizards and Pistons game was postponed, and also the Warriors and Suns. Um, Several teams have had to play shorthanded, and the Wizards had a huge COVID outbreak. I think they're now that six players on the COVID list that have been diagnosed with positives, so they are in trouble. But the most notable team that have that's probably had to play with a lot of COVID injuries is for some reason, the Philadelphia 76ers, they had to even suit, they had to suit up an injured player, an injured player to even be eligible to play for one of their games. Now, does Adam Silver have something against the Sixers? I guess it's quite possible. Maybe this is because of the tanking incident that occurred. I don't know. But for some reason, Adam Silver seems to have it out for the have it out for the Sixers. I don't know why. The only thing I'd I'd guess is probably the tanking thing. But it's, it's, it's just should they have suited up an injured player? No. Should they have played that game? No. Dwight Howard had to play point guard at one point. That's that's terrible. But I guess we wouldn't have probably seen the emergence of Tyrese Maxey the way we did in a 39-point outburst in a loss to the Nuggets. Even though they lost, he showed that, hey, I could be a key part of this team going forward. Um, he, he basically forced them to play with a G League team. Oh, Adam Silver, that is mean. What is it with you in Philadelphia? What's the beef? Give me the inside scoop, Adam. Come on the show. Let's talk about this, Adam Silver. Come on. Um, you know, that it, it allowed Tyrese Maxey. That's the only positive about that. But other than that, there weren't any positives about playing with eight players. Because that's absolutely ridiculous. But speaking of the Sixers' mis- misfortunes, the, Sixter, the Sixers, ah, I keep mispronouncing. God, I am awful. The Sixers, they lost out big time on the James Harden sweepstakes as he is now 
going to the Brooklyn Nets to form an offensive juggernaut with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Here are the full trade details. This was a four-team trade, so the Rockets now get a haul here in terms of what they definitely are the most out of this. They get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodion Karush. I think I got that right. Three Brooklyn first-rounders in 2022, 24, and 26. Milwaukee's first unprotected in 22. So they have, I think, three first-round picks in 22. Four Brooklyn first-round swaps. So they swap picks with Brooklyn. That is in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. The Nets only get James Harden. The Pacers now get Karis LeVert from the Nets, a key bench piece and a second rounder. And the Cavs get some more key bench pieces from this Nets team. The Nets lost a lot here. They lost Jared Allen and Turian Prince going to the Cavs. Ugh. Let's talk about this in terms of the Nets and in terms of the Rockets. Who do I think won this trade? I really, usually people say it's the team that gets the best player. And yes, that's most most of the time true. I don't think it's true in this case. I really do think the Rockets win this trade. I mean, you get a guy who obviously had, you he didn't want to be there. His relationship was with Houston was fractured. He looked like he ate a Big Mac before every single game. Didn't keep himself in shape. And obviously, you know, James. James Harden is not that large of a man. You could see the weight he put on through the jumpsuit. I don't think he cared. He just wanted to get out of there. I'm sure he'll get in shape now that he is somewhere he wants. But that's how you get out. You force yourself out. If they're not going to trade you, you force yourself out. But I really do think the Rockets win this trade. They get a guy who didn't want to be there out. You hit Victor Oladipo. A guy who's going to prove something. Who, who wants to prove something. You know, he's still a good player. And he teams up with John Wall, who's also out to prove something. And DeMarcus Cousins. And you also have Christian Wood there. You still have Eric Gordon. You still have a pretty good team there. And But you also get three book and first rounders in 2022, 24, and 26. I mean, they got a haul for the future. I mean, although first round picks in basketball are a little bit different than they are in football. Because if you're a winning team, eh, it don't really matter in basketball if you keep winning. But I mean, you could still pull some gems out. It depends on your drafting department. I mean, this could be a complete waste for the Rockets. A complete waste if they fail to, like, maybe they use these picks to get another player. Or maybe they actually use these picks for to draft, to get pieces for the future. And then they have four Brooklyn first-round swaps again. So whatever... Whatever the Rockets and Rockets and Nets are going to be swapping picks in 2021, 23, 25, and 27. So, I mean, you, you still get a very big haul here if you're Houston. And I do think they win this trade because the Nets, you get James Harden. You have an offensive juggernaut, yes. But you, you also, you lose three key bench pieces. Karis LeVert, he's no scrub. He's almost averaging 20 off the bench. Kyrie Irving who knows what's going to happen with him who knows is he going to show up is he going to retire we don't know but and then you use Jared Allen this 
his defense again for the Nets hasn't been great. It hasn't. Look at the numbers. They haven't been great. Um, and then you lose Tarian Prince, another depth guy, another important piece to that to that Brooklyn bench. Uh, I, I just don't like it. But yes, you know, the Sixers' misfortunes here. You know, they could have gotten one of the best scorers in the league, and they could have teamed him up with Joel Embiid to form a dominant pairing in the East. Like, that's a power move. You take a risk. You try and... you. you these Sixers have endured such a long history of tanking, you know, playoff disappointments. This was your chance. You you have an offensive juggernaut, especially with the way Joel Embiid is playing this season. He looks like a force to be reckoned with. He's in the MVP conversation, as far as I'm concerned. He's playing great. You know, I, I think the package they put together revolved around Tyrese Maxey and Ben Simmons. I would you gotta do whatever in your power to get James Harden. James Harden is, is lethal scoring. And him with James Harden, man, that would have been special. That would have been special. I bet Sixers fans are crying as we speak. But I guess you move on if you're the Sixers here. You go with the squad you have. They've played well, but are they Are they going to win the East? Probably not. There's teams better. Uh, Nets now. I think the Bucks can still beat them. And this, I think the Celtics again are above them. I really, I, I, I do. But you know, you move again, move with the squad you have, and see what happens if you're the Sixers. You know, James. Hunt, the worst part about this is he goes to your rival. He goes in the same conference as you, and a team that was already better than you. He goes to them and makes them even better. So there's even larger of a gap there. But if you're the Nets, you lose a lot of depth and a lot of future draft picks. Ugh. Tarion Prince, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, oh my lord, that is not, like, that's, those are key pieces, I don't care how good your team is, you need some kind of depth, because your offense isn't going to be there all the time, and, like, you need, you need other guys there, and I, I, I think they really are going to be hurting for depth, you know, they still have guys there, but, uh, I, you lose a lot there those three those are th those are your three key bench producers mm. and if I'm if I'm if I'm the Nets what are your standards now with with Kyrie KD and James Harden what are your standards to me if they don't win two titles it's a bust I'm sorry I'm sorry you have an offensive juggernaut like we probably we may never see again. I mean, I do have my concerns about this team, but in terms of just, you look at these three. These are three, three offensive juggernauts. You need, you need to cap, you need to win two, two, at least two finals. If I'm with, with KD, of Kyrie, and you have James Harden. 
this team, it's going to be must-see TV. Barclays Center, every night you're going to see stars there because you got three of the biggest names in basketball. You're going to bring in, you're going to sell out crowds for however long these three are together. They probably already would have sold out crowds even with without James Harden. You're definitely selling out crowds out. They're going to be must-see TV every night because these three are special players. But... My concerns here are on the defensive end of the defensive end here for the the Nets. They're 30th in offensive rebounds, giving up 20th in total rebounds, and what is that? Seventh in blocks. This is, I mean, and you lose Jared Allen, so that number is going to go down. I mean, seventh in blocks is good. So they're still going to be pretty good there. You still have, De- have DeAndre Jordan, but you still do need depth. And whether they go out and try to make more moves or try to sign some free agents, they probably will because they do need some more defensive players on that roster with all that offense. This is, yeah, this is a defense again. I think, what were they, 26? in points allowed. Let me check here. I think it was something around here. Yeah, but they just... I mean, even without... Like, Kyrie's no defensive stopper. James Harden is no defensive stopper. Um... Yeah, the Brooklyn... Yeah, 22nd points allowed. So you have Kyrie. He's not a defender. James Harden... He's not a defender... Per se, um, KD's easily your best defender. Joe Harris isn't a defender. DeAndre Jordan's he, okay; he's a rim protector, but at the guard position, KD can't guard everyone. He can't. So you're going to need some kind of defensive signing at the guard, def- a defensive guard that could stop. Like, stop the other guy opposing guards. Because sometimes you're not going to have the offense to put up with these other offensive teams. Like, you're going to have to rely on your defense. And it, it, it's going to be tough. And they're, they're also 20, 20, 22nd in defensive rating. Like, this is, this is it's a tough defensive team. And in the playoffs, you know... Sometimes you need defense. You need to be able to stop people when your offense isn't there. And I just don't see where they're going to be able to do that. And then you have to deal with... This is my other big issue. The head cases that are Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Kyrie Irving, again, disobeying all the COVID laws. All disregarding his team. He's putting his team at risk. And he's just... He's... he's Number one, he's losing money. He's... He's been a head case since he's left Cleveland with LeBron. They said LeBron was the problem. No, this was Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is the problem. You look at Boston. Look what he did there. Look how his teammates appreciate him. They didn't like him. Now he forces his way to Boston. He goes to Brooklyn. You team up with KD. This pairing, they supposedly wanted to play with each other. Kyrie wanted to play with Kevin. And now Kyrie's doing this? <laughs> Stephen A. Smith called for this man to retire. And I mean, if you're not all in on basketball, especially with this team that you have, you have a chance to win multiple titles. This could be a dynasty. But you choose, you choose out to disregard that and do what you please. 
Shame on you, Kyrie. Shame on you. Um, two of the most con, and then you got James Harden. James Harden, a little bit less of a head case, I guess, but he's had his problems. Gave you Dwight Howard. That didn't work out. Gave you Russell Westbrook, your buddy, your homie. That didn't work out. Hmm. Chris Paul. Yeah, he made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But he traded him a year later. That didn't work out. Hmm. There's one common denominator in all those situations, and it's... Ding, 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 Mr. James Harden. <sighs> How's James Harden gonna feel? He's not the guy anymore. I mean, James Harden has been asked, granted, he's... Granted... Ah. He's been asked to do a lot of different things offensively, be a distributor, play off-ball. I mean, he's been asked to do a lot during his career, and I think he's capable of playing off-ball. But you have three ISO players here, in my opinion. Kyrie, Kyrie's not off-ball. Don't give me, Kyrie can't play off-ball. Kyrie needs the ball in his hand. He needs it. Kyrie needs the ball. KD, KD can play off ball. KD doesn't need the ball every possession. KD doesn't need those touches to heat up. He's a walking, he's a walking seven foot, 30 point per game score easily, easily. But James Harden, James Harden play off ball. He's not, he's not efficient. He's not an efficient player. James Harden needs shots. James Harden is a shot chucker. He's a high-volume player, high-usage-rate player. So how is this going to work? How are these personalities going to blend? Steve Nash, you're in for a treat here. If you get these three to work, all the props in the world to you. But these, these are tough. These are tough personalities. Kevin Durant's probably the least of your problems. And it's just, oh my lord, it's so, so, so tough because it's such a talented team, but they have so many, like, there's so many different personalities you have to juggle with those three. Will they, are they a playoff team? Yes. Will they be in the Eastern Conference Finals? Probably. Will they win a championship? I don't think they could beat the Lakers. Personally? I don't I think the Clippers could beat them too. These these are going to have to mesh well. They have to. And it's going to be tough. Can't I'm just I'm not sold. I'm not sold on this team. Offensively they're great up there with any team in the league. They're probably they might be one of the best offensive teams in history. They have three of the most talented offensive players to play the game right now. But on the defensive end, and also who's going to take the last shot? Kyrie. Kyrie's a clutch shooter. Like who's going to have their ball down the stretch? Who's going to have the ball down the stretch? KD. To me, I'm taking the seven-foot guy with handles like we haven't seen before to take the last shot. If he's covered, give it to Kyrie. If I'm any other team, James Harden. You want James Harden taking the last shot. Because James Harden, time and time again, has not come up clutch. 
in the playoffs also. Is James Harden going to be good in the playoffs? I mean, he's going to have less pressure on his shoulders since he's surrounded by two other phenomenal players. But is James Harden? He's like Paul George in the playoffs. Come on. You've seen his numbers in Game 7. He shoots like 20-some percent from three. I think he's 1-5 in, in elimination games. That's not that's not coming up when your team when if you say you're the guy, you should be great in these situations. And that's not James Harden. It's not James Harden. Mm. And then also, and I love, love, love the media for doing this. If say Kevin Durant wins two titles with these guys, are we gonna put him on the same level as LeBron James? Has LeBron James ever had two, two offensively talented teammates as good as these guys? I don't think so. Kate, we don't judge KD and LeBron on a different scale. I think, I think. LeBron is light years better in terms of career numbers. And you put the career side by side, he's better than KD. Better player. I'm taking LeBron over KD. KD ran to Golden State. See, if this is LeBron getting these two guys, imagine the bat. Oh, LeBron, he needs help. He needs it. He can't win by himself. Why? Why is it different for KD? Why are we celebrating this? You say super teams aren't good for the NBA. This is a super offensive juggernaut. Yeah, it's flawed, but offensively, pick your poison. Pick it. If, If KD doesn't win a title or two with these guys, that's a failure. That's a, that's a big blemish on his resume, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I still do think LeBron is the best player of all time. I'm not going to discuss the GOAT debate this episode. We Maybe we'll discuss it in another episode. But I don't think KD is better than LeBron. I don't. He's, he's not. Now we're going to turn the topic to my biggest disappointments thus far in the NBA season. Oh boy, who we got here. First, we got the 2-8 Toronto Raptors. Uh, Again, after a heartbreaking loss last year in the Eastern Conference semifinals, Game 7! Game 7 to Boston! Uh, I mean, they they were hit hard in free agency, I'll give them that. You lose Serge Ibaka, you lose Marcus Gasol. Those Those were two key pieces in winning that championship with Kawhi Leonard. The Raptors, as far as I'm concerned, they were still predict. They they were still like top four, five teams in the East. They were top four, top five, but they have not gotten off to a very good start. Um, right now they're two and eight, and they're near the bottom of the Eastern Conference, behind the Washington Wizards, baby. Gotta love it. Here, oof. They went from 19th. They're currently 19th in points allowed. They were first last year. Second in opponent field, opponent's field goal percentage last year. They are 13th this year. They were first in opponent three-point field, three-point shooting percentage last year. 
They're 12th this year. So the those are some key categories, key in determining how well your defense runs. And right now, this is not a good Raptors team. Raptors rely on their defense. They're a gritty team, and you lose some of that with Serge Ibaka. You know, Serge Ibaka, an anchor back there, is still an effective rim protector, and he could also stretch the floor. He could switch on. Eh, I wouldn't say switch on to smart guys, but, you know, he's he's a defensive cog you could put in there. You could run small ball with him. You know, you could do a lot with him. They have they've taken a yeah a dip in almost all these categories. I think that's a huge reason why they are they're bad right now. You know you have Pascal Siakam. He hasn't completely looked like himself so far, but I think he's getting back. He's getting back into form, um, and he's he's starting to get back. That's you know they're they're taking steps in the right direction. It's still early yet. They're not out of it by any by any means. Their points, his points per game, again, have dipped from 22 to 20, and his three-point percentage from 35 to 31. I do expect those numbers to go back up. I, I, Pascal Siakam's a good player. He's not better than Joel Embiid. We're, don't get into that discussion. He's, to me, he's... he's ah, I like... I think I'd take Bam over him, to be honest. But I'd... You know, Pascal... He's still a good player. I'm not... Nothing, away, nothing wrong with having Pascal Siakam. He's, 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 a, he's a good player. Again, not too worried about this team. It's still early in the year. And I think Nick Nurse, you still have Kyle Lowry, still have the veterans that have been on this team. I think they're going to right the ship. I think they're going to get back. I, they'll be back in that Eastern Conference playoff picture somewhere. But, you know, not a good start. And I think another thing here, another positive, Chris Brucher. Chris Brucher, he's, you know, he was there last year. He made some highlight plays. I saw him bleach your report. I saw him a little bit. He made made some good plays. Um, But he also did just get dunked on my Miles Bridges. But that's okay because it only highlight plays. I'm not, again, he's also emerging as a solid rim protector. And big alongside Pascal Siakam. Um, I forget. Chris. I think he's averaging somewhere around 14 a game. Let me see. I can pull the stats up right here. I'm a huge numbers guy for those of you that do not know. I love numbers. Numbers are my best friend. Come on. Okay. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Come on. Load. What? I put an R in there. See? Sometimes... This is going to make things difficult for me. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into my second. Oh my lord. I can't. Why can't I find them? God. They just. Um, I'm not pronouncing words right and screwing up. I thought I, I thought I wrote down his stats. Okay, the Raptors. Oh, they won. I guess they won last night. Yeah, they beat the Hornets. Oh, they did. They're three and eight now. They're they're getting there. I'm telling you. Chris Brucher again. He's coming along. He's averaging 15 a game, seven rebounds, leading the team with two and a half blocks. I mean, he's emerging as one of a key cog here and a guy who could play alongside Pascal. And he's also averaging 48 percent from three point range. That's that's pretty good. I mean, the season's not over yet. 
I, I really, I, I'm not panicking with this Raptors team. I really do think they'll right the ship and they'll be fine. But, you know, our second disappointment we're going to get into is the Washington Wizards. My team that I love so dearly but have disappointed me this season thus far. Now on to our second disappointment this season. And as a Wizards fan, this pains me, but here we go. The Washington Wizards didn't expect this team to be top tier. I didn't expect them to be top of the East, but <sighs> when you trade for Russell Westbrook and you pair him with Bradley Beal, you sort of have expectations that this team could at least be decent, at least be a playoff team, which they still could be, only 11 games in. But, they're 3-8, and eight. Russ, again. <sighs> well, we'll get into Russ later. But first of all, you extend Davi Bertans. You have Rui Hachimura coming off a very solid rookie year. He had a very good rookie year. It wasn't spectacular, but it was it was a solid year. It was a thing you could definitely build off of. They add a defensive big in Robin Lopez because their defense was god-awful last year. And Thomas Bryant is coming off a career year. So, like... They had they have pieces to at least be a decent playoff team in the East. Now, if this is in the West, no way are they a playoff team. No way. They're just not good enough. <laughs> um this team, again, is the worst defensive team in the NBA. One of the worst, actually. They're 29th in points allowed. 22nd in rebounds allowed, 21st in rebounds, 28th in field goals allowed, 29th in blocks, 28th in opponent field goal percentage, 21st in opponent three-point percentage. Like, they are bad defensively. And you bring in Russell Westbrook, you bring him in, like, he's not a good defender, but I'm still expecting him to be, be be decent. He's not. And then you have Bertans. His stats have dipped significantly. 42% to 36% from three. 15 points to 11 points. Now, again, we're still early. But th- so far, this team is very underwhelming. And two games have just gotten canceled due to COVID. And I think six players have just been diagnosed with COVID. So who knows when this team is even going to play again? I don't know. 43 to 36% shooting overall. Uh, oh, 42 to 36 from three. That's my bad. Uh, but still, I mean, his stats have not been impressive. They signed him... What, five years, 85 million? Four years, 85 million? Come on, man. Come on. You gotta be better, Davi. I'm expecting a lot out of you. Like, the Wizards bench isn't good. 
but I was expecting him to be... He's the one solid piece they have. Him and Ish Smith. Ish Smith's a very solid player. I don't care what you say. He's very solid. He's a solid bench player. I'll take him any of the eight a week. And then you got Russell Westbrook. Here we go. Oh, boy. Yeah. You look at the raw stats, and he's a stat god. You look at the raw stats. He's averaging... He's basically averaging a triple-double. Bravo. Let's give a hand to Russ. Is he doing it efficiently? What do you think? 37% from the field. 30% from three. Five turnovers per game. And a 13 PER. Ridiculous. This team, to me, they're not, they're not any worse with John Wall. They're not. I don't think they should have traded John Wall. I mean, John Wall meant a lot to this city. And I'm listen, I love Russ's effort. I love the tenacious of the tenacious nature he plays with. But, 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 man, he's not efficient. Let's be real, he's not. He's he's just he's a shot chucker, non-efficient three-point shooter, pull-up jumper, pull-up jump bricker. Name it, name it, and he is. He's John Wall, but two years older and not coming off. Well, what did John have? Knee? No, Achilles. Achilles injury slipped in his house. Still don't know how he did that. But that's a story for another day. But yeah, this team to me is not not any worse with John Wall. Couldn't have gotten much much worse. Rush just puts up more stats at an efficient at a less efficient number we're not done yet I'm not done with my wizards now you know he's not even on the floor at this point the whole team isn't because of COVID but he's out three to four more weeks because he re-aggravated his squad (laughs) again yet this team would have been basically the same if not I think a little better with John Wall. I really do. John Wall meant a lot to this city. He brought life back into Washington basketball. He made it watchable again. He's doing the Dougie his first game out there. I mean, John meant a lot. He did a lot for the community. I get it. You had injury concerns, but I just wanted to see this duo for at least half the year just to see if maybe, just maybe, give me a glimpse of John Wall. He's the first player's jersey I've gotten. That was the first jersey I ever got was a John Wall jersey. Now he's gone. He's in Washington. I mean, Houston. I miss him. I miss 2016 when they almost beat the Celtics to go to the semifinals. But now, now, now we're here. We're lonely. And, you know, what's funny about this their three, two of their three wins are against the Suns, who they beat without Russ. Don't know how, but I think Bradley Beal put up 35 or some ridiculous number. Not ridiculous. He's averaging around 35, but they beat him without. They they beat him with Raul Neto starting. Raul Neto. Like honestly, are, are we better without Russ? Obviously, no. The answer to that is no. But it just makes you think, you know. Why do we get rid of John? Why? Why? I like John. I don't think... I think we should at least try it out. 
Now you look at the Rockets. The Rockets are a mess. James Harden's gone. John Wall's there with Boogie Cousins, who I wanted with Washington. I wanted him as a big along Tom, alongside Thomas Bryant, but that didn't happen. Because Boogie said he went to Houston because of John Wall. He went to Houston. He could have went to Washington. He could have been in Washington with John Wall if they didn't trade him. Oh, it makes me angry. God. Very passionate Wizards fan, even though I've only been a fan for like eight years. And to top this all off, and I love Bradley Bill. They're wasting away his prime. He's averaging 35 a game. 35 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. Wow. They're wasting his prime. Wasting it. Absolutely wasting it. He's one of the most talented scores this Wizards franchise has ever seen. They're wasting away. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, be mad if he wanted out. Because what's he gonna do here? They're three and eight. They added Russell Westbrook. There's not much more he could do. And the people, there's people saying he's stat padding, which angers me a lot. Like, oh, he's a shot chucker. No, he's not. Look at the numbers: 49% shooting, 37.5% from three, 27.45 PER, which is fourth in the league. That's over. Double Russ's PR. Over double. Like, keep that in mind. Like, I don't want Russ shooting anywhere near where Bradley shoot Bradley Beal shoots. The amount of times per game, I don't want them near each other. Because the efficiency is there's a big gap. A huge gap in efficiency between Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal leads the team in points, steals, assists. He's third in rebounds. And get this. Not one person on the Wizards has over one block. One block. Bradley Beal's second on the team in blocks. I think he has seven-tenths of a block, eight-tenths of a block a game. Are you kidding me? That is absurd. Funny thing about the Wizards team, they're, they're second in the NBA in points per game. They're 29th in points allowed. If their defense was average... They'd be a playoff team. That's how bad their defense is. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it's gotten. And you know, Thomas Bryant, he was having a pretty good year. He's averaging 14 a game and he tears his ACL. Like, can we not catch a break? We're not even getting bad enough here. I don't need Thomas Bryant tearing his ACL when he's actually showing promise and he could stretch the floor. <sighs> Boy, it's not fun being a Wizards fan right now. It's not fun at all. It's miserable. But these are the times when they get good. These are the times we're going to reflect on. Oh, remember when the Wizards are bad? Hopefully they'll get good soon, but I don't see that coming. I just hope they get average soon. Because they haven't been average in a little three years, two. And Scott Brooks rightfully on the hot seat. They brought him here thinking Russell Westbrook him would mesh as he's former his former coach at OKC. But Russ has not been efficient and he's also been hurt. So no. No. And if they continue to struggle and if they continue to play like this, he should be fired. I'm sorry. 
they need I don't think Brooks is the guy he wasn't bad when he took him to the finals Eastern Conference finals or semifinals my bad but again I think I don't I just don't think it's gonna work I think they're going to need to fire him this season he will probably be gone by the end of the season if they don't turn it around and they'll have an interim head coach and we'll see what happens in the offseason man I don't even know who they'll hire but the season's not over yet we're 11 well the Wizards are 11 games in and two games got canceled due to COVID. He's blessed too. Also, the 76ers. You know, you guys didn't get James Harden, but some of you guys, oh, Bradley Beal's, Bradley Beal's not James Harden. Hmm. I don't. James Harden's better. I'm. But if I'm you, I'm looking at the season Bradley Beal's having on a three and a Wizards team, and I'm saying. You know, maybe he wouldn't be a bad consolation prize. And you'd get him for less than you would James Harden. You'd get him for less, because that's, that's how the Wizards are. And plus, he's also not James Harden. I mean, Bradley Beal, he wants... To, I'm sure he'd like to be on a contender, and he deserves to be on a championship contending team, because... He's a such a gifted scorer, can score in a variety of ways, can create his own shot, and he'd be fun to watch alongside Joel Embiid. He would. Brad can do a lot. He's not a great defender, but neither was James Harden, and you guys wanted him. So yeah, if I'm if I'm the 76ers front office, if I'm Daryl Morey, contact the Wizards, even though I don't want you to take him away, because he's right now the only thing that makes Washington basketball team watchable please don't take him but if it's for the best if brad brad thinks it's for the best for him then he should do it because brad man brad deserves to be on a franchise that's winning and is good and that's not the wizards right it's a complete opposite the wizards are in disarray <sighs> maybe one day they'll be good again Maybe one day, hopefully in the near future. Uh, but that's all for my Wizards rant. And we're going to go to the biggest surprise of the NBA season. So far, to me, it's the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers. Why do I say the Pacers? They've gotten off to a 7-4 and four start. And they're being led by Malcolm Brogdon. He's a good player. I like him. I think they stole him from the Bucs. I think the Bucs regret letting him go. I really do, because I think he's a great player. He's averaging 23-4-8, 47% from the field, 45% from three. Wow. That's pretty good. I mean, the problem I have with the Pacers is they don't have a true star, but they have a, a lot of good players, like some really good players. And as a team, they're averaging almost 10 steals a game. That's pretty good. And I didn't know this about the Pacers. You know, they lost all a depot. But they replaced him with Karis Levert. But at this point in time, they have three players averaging over 20 points. I mean, now it's two since Oladipo left, but Karis Levert's averaging, what, 18, 19 a game? So he's basically right there. So... Karis Levert, I mean, he's going to help them. He's not going to be that much of a drop-off from Victor Oladipo. 
At least I don't think he will. He's very talented. He provided off that Indiana bench, and he now gets a chance to be a starter in Indiana. Is Indiana a top-tier contending team in the East? No. Are they at that second-tier teams? Absolutely. I'd put them right up there with the Sixers. I would because there's a lot of good pieces. But in the end, you're going to need a guy in the playoffs. That's what they don't have. But, you know, let's just look at them for what they are. I think they could give some of these top-tier teams a tough time. Because, you know, you get Karis LeVert, who's averaging 19 off the bench. He has six assists and a steal. He's shooting 44% from the field and 35% from three. And he's got a 19.5 PR. That's not bad. That is not bad. So if I'm if I'm the Pacers, I'm happy. Karis LeVert's also younger. I guess less injury concern with him. So, I mean, yeah. If I'm the Pacers, I'm like, I'm content. I like this. And then, you know, defensively, Defensively high, the higher. Mm, what? They're defensively, they're right up there with the top teams. They're twelfth in points allowed, tenth in rebounds allowed, third in steals, eighth in three pointers allowed, ninth in blocks, eighth in turnovers, tenth in defensive rating. Like that's that's pretty good. Like they're up there. I think they could really, they could take one of these teams these top tier teams the six games i really do they're a good team and there's 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 a lot of guys there that could give you a hard time you still have tj warren he's not bubble tj warren obviously we saw that bubble tj warren was a fluke but tj warren can still score the basketball you have you have guys you have demonis sabonis you have miles turner you have malcolm brogman you have karis lavert i mean they have some solid guys. They don't have one star, but they have a bunch of solid guys. But in the end, will they make it out of the East? No. Will they get to the Eastern Conference Finals? No. They're pro- they're they'll give you they'll, but they'll give you a run for your money. They'll give you they'll give you some close games. They'll make your blood pressure rise if you're a Milwaukee fan, a Sixer fan, a Celtics fan. This is a tough team. And the stats show it right now. And defense is is a thing you're going to need in the playoffs. And right now, I like the way the the Pacers are playing defensively. And the numbers support that. And, you know, I was talking about Demonis Sabonis. These two bigs with the Pacers. They're young, and they're good, and they complement each other very well. You got Sabonis averaging 22 and 13. That's all-star numbers in the East. And you get Miles Turner. I mean, yeah, he's only averaging 13, 7, but he's averaging 4 blocks a game. 4. That's a rim protector. That's a guy you have to look out for going to the rim. So, I mean, they're a pretty good team, and they've impressed me so far. So, will they continue to impress me? Maybe. But, you know, I think they'll be in that middle middle tier of East teams. And I think they'll give anyone who plays them in the first round a tough time. I don't think this is going to be a pushover Indiana Pacers team like we've seen in years past. I really do. I, I don't think we're going to see that this pushover Indiana Pacers team. I, I think they, you know, I don't think they'll give the Nets a challenge. The Bucks, I think they could. I think they'll give the... 
the Boston Celtics a challenge. The Sixers, I think they'll give them a challenge. I mean, this isn't a pushover team. I think you still have... This team could take it as six games. They could. I, I really do believe that. With with the roster they have now, I do think they could take you to six games and they can make your blood pressure rise. Now, will they... Are they going to need a guy who's going to take over down the stretch? Yes, I do think that. Every team does need that. Eventually, you're going to need one guy to take over going down going down the stretch of a close game. And the Pacers don't have a guy to me that consistently do that time and time again. But I mean... I, I still think they could give you a challenge. I really do because they have a they have a good group of players, a tough group of guys that will give you a run for your money. They'll make it bite your nails. They'll make you sweat a little. But but that's it. Um, and now we're going to move on to the last segment of our show. This segment is going to be the two. The two topics that I picked out for our show this week, voted by you, the audience. So, here, here we go. Hello, and this is the last segment of the episode... Um, our first topic today is a topic that I actually love. And thank you to whoever sent this in. Because this is something I am interesting interested in. And this topic was, do you believe in ghosts and aliens? And I love it. I love it. I love it. Because, yes, I do. Because I think, yes, I do think there's ghosts out there. I really do. I, again, watched ghost adventures ghost hunters like all those new episodes when they came out i was obsessed with it i watched ghost stuff on youtube when i was younger because i just i love it i think i find it so interesting yeah some of it may be scripted on tv i don't doubt that you know they got to get ratings so yeah it probably is scripted on tv but you know i love ghost shows i really do think there's haunted places out there i really do think that spirits do walk the earth in this unseen sort of realm and feed off of energy from like lights and other stuff i i i just find it so intriguing you know i'd love to go on like a ghost hunt i love that stuff i'd love to go to gettysburg at night and just see if there is just see if there is and i'd love to go with a group of friends probably no one will go with me maybe a few that and just go ghost hunt at some random place go to the eastern state penitentiary go to these haunted places because i i find it so intriguing i think there's something out there like where do dead people go when they die where do their spirits go do they roam the earth looking for eternal peace like what about like exorcisms when people get ghost trapped inside them? i don't think that's fake i think that's totally real i think there's some evil spirits out there i I find that so intriguing i love it and uh like i love i've been to gettysburg i've i actually went there last summer it's the first time i've went to gettysburg i've always wanted to go 
So um, my dad took me and I loved it. I love his places just with historical significance. Like, wow, people are like fighting on this ground. Like, wow, like there were bullet holes in the houses. And I, I love that type of stuff. History is by far my favorite subject in school. I love World War II. I wish, you know, one of my dreams I have when I'm older is to go visit some World War II battle sites in Europe because I just, I find it so intriguing. I, yeah, but back to the Ghosts and Series, I do think there are spirits out there. These lost souls that roam the earth and do stuff for attention, like knock over stuff. Like there are, there is stuff out there. There are videos you can't explain and then on to ufos yeah i ufos and aliens i think that stuff is real you know area 51 i mean you saw the people that showed up for the capitol building right obviously i'm not saying we invade area 51 with guns and all that but like it'd be so cool to just go to area 51 and just see what's in there Oh, I, I wish the president like, could release stuff on Area 51, but again, national security, totally understand that because we don't know what the heck they have in there. But that'd be so cool to go to Area 51 and see what they have in there. Like, see these, see the proof of UFOs, see all this stuff. I, 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 I just, oh my God. I wish I could just, Oh, go go to Area 51. Go see the alien ships they might have found. Like the aliens they could have been hiding in there. Oh my! Like that stuff just intrigues me. Cause you know you don't know if it's real, but like there's just this part of me that wants to believe it. And I do think there's stuff out there. Maybe they don't have these green heads, those big black beady eyes. But they're definitely, I think, as there are some other life forms out there. I think there are UFOs. I think they, there are, I mean, we've seen videos, the lights over Phoenix. Um, just, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of unexplained, like light figures or objects that we see in the sky, light forms, UFOs. I mean, unless the government's just running secret operations, which very well we could be and they don't want us to know about for some reason. Wouldn't surprise me. But I, I think it would just be so cool to like, to like see an alien, like see what they actually look like. Because I do think there's other life forms out there. I really do. We just haven't found them yet. We haven't found the planets. I'm sure maybe in a galaxy far, far away, there's other life forms. But yeah, the supernatural stuff, it just intrigues me so much. That is, again, huge part of my childhood because I loved watching Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures. The one episode of Ghost Adventures haunted me for nights. Uh, and I just, I love supernatural things like that because you can't explain it. You just, ah, I love it. I love like EVPs, all that. Oh my God. And they have those boxes they use to, the frequency you can use the energy and they pick out the words from sentences i just i find it so interesting and some of my friends there's skeptics out there they don't believe it perfectly fine perfectly fine I, i'm not serious about this but i mean it, it'd be so cool to just think about like lost souls roaming the earth trying to tell people and then you have like priests at, like christening a house putting them to rest 
I, I do think there's ghosts out there. I, I do believe that. I think there's aliens. There's just things we can't explain. And the other stuff, Bigfoot. Bigfoot's real. He's out there somewhere. Just didn't find him yet. Maybe he's, maybe he's extinct. Maybe he lived back then. But I mean, we got the Loch Ness Monster. I, just, I love all these folklore. I love it. I think it's so just intriguing. Like little dwarves coming around. They seem in forests. To me, ah, oh, man, like just stuff like that just intrigues me so much. Ah, I love it. But, and then my next topic is Xbox or PS5? Hmm. And I think this is a debate you can go back and forth. The better gaming system, if you want a better gaming system, if you're looking to just game, I'm taking the PS5 probably every day of the week. Is it just the controller, the feel? It's just better on the PlayStation. I think the gaming experience is much more solid, well-rounded on the PlayStation 5. And if you're wondering, I did get an Xbox. But again, if you're looking for all-around an entertainment system, like Netflix, like you want to watch TV, all that, you go Xbox. It's better entertainment. You could game. The gaming quality to me is better on PlayStation. I like the PlayStation controller a lot better. But the Xbox, again, most of my friends got the Xbox. Again, I, I do enjoy playing the Xbox because, again, you could also play some old games on the Xbox. And that's something I had a lot of fun because I originally had the Xbox One. And then me and a couple other people had the Xbox One. So, and most of my other friends got the PlayStation 4. So we were, we, we you know, we were stuck between a rock and a hard place and eventually got the PlayStation 4, and I enjoyed my time on there. I did. I had fun. The PlayStation 4 was a good console, but again, the Xbox One, I just, so many good memories on there. You know, me and two other friends had a Madden League that we did. That was fun. Um, we played Call of Duty Ghosts on there. And me and my one friend, we, uh, we stayed up, I think it was late on a school night. We might not have even had school the next day. He had this saying, we were playing search and rescue. I don't know the map, but he, you go, I do it myself. Like, I just, I had fun on the Xbox too. Just so many great memories and my pastime at the Xbox 360 and I loved it. So the Xbox, just getting that Xbox again, just, it brings back so many good memories that I had on there. And they were fun. Like I had fun on the Xbox one xbox 360 it's just so many great times that was my childhood that was my young young adulthood i guess not young nah more like seventh eighth grade maybe i think that was it but yeah the xbox one um you know i had a lot of fun games you know that i re-downloaded on there the only assassin's creed that i've actually really played and gotten into i re-downloaded that played that a little so that brought back some good memories um battlefield hardline me and my friend continue to say this is the most underrated battlefield of all time easily 
easily because you've never seen anything like Battlefield Hardline. Like you, you've just never seen anything. It's cops and robbers. It's it's such a fun game, and I had so much fun playing it. We'd we'd play this game. I think it's called Hotwire. Um, I think that was it. It was with the cars. You drive around, you get points, and it was sort of like I don't know if you've ever played Conquest on Battlefield. You know, you, the more cars you have, the more points you get, and I think also maybe same thing with kills. The more kills you get, but it was just such a fun game to play. Um, but yeah, Battlefield, um, Battlefield Hardline, another game, and then me and like only like three of us have the Xbox Series S now, so it's sort of like like we can't really do much, but no. Me and my friend Nick, we we sort of also played the X. Um, what we also re-downloaded. Well, he told me to get Battlefield 4. I have a I have a blast on there as well. I love Battlefield 4. Again, great game. And I was a COD kid when I was younger. That's the funny part. I was a Call of Duty kid. Never really got into Battlefield. And then I think my friend told me to get Battlefield Hardline, and that's how it started. And then Battlefield One. That's my absolute favorite. I love I love World War One, World War Two games. Battlefield Five. Again, I thought it was a downgrade from Battlefield One, but um, yeah, Battlefield One was also just. I think it's my favorite Battlefield of all time, easily. I love it. I think it's a great game, and I think it continues to be great because it was just so many great maps, great weapons, and it was just a great layout, great graphics. I could go on and on and continue to rave about that, but I'm not because we have to go back to the <laughs> Xbox PS5 debate. But it, it it depends on what you're looking for. If you're a pure gamer and you and you just love gaming, the gaming experience, I'd go PS5 personally. But again, if you're looking for an all-around entertainment system, that you know netflix mix in with tv hulu i really i do think you go the xbox which was either the series s or the series x whatever you want um i have the series x and i've 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 enjoyed it so far i have i've had a fun time on it obviously not many people have it yet we're still waiting on most of our friends to get it but i mean xbox PlayStation, I respect. I respect whatever, wherever you go. You know, it's your life, your decision, your preference. Everyone has their own preferences, and the numbers say PS5 is killing Xbox in sales, which again is understandable because again, PlayStation murdered Xbox in sales on the PS4 as well. So PlayStation sort of, I think, is taking over as the superior gaming console but in terms of all around like entertainment system i'd go xbox but um i think that's gonna be all for today um you know this was supposed to originally only be one episode but i realize i talk a lot and i think i overdid myself with content because i like to get my point across with a lot of, of numbers statistics i like doing that i like really getting my opinion across but yeah i'll try to shorten these up i realize these were a little long but you know we learn as we go along that's the beauty of this and i want to be great and i i want to be great that's the bottom line so 
again, I'm give me suggestion as you, the listeners, what are you hearing? What are you seeing that you think I could improve on? What should I incorporate into the show more? Like, give me ideas, give me feedback. Cause to me, I learn like, yeah, I'm going to learn what to do along the way, but I'm go- also going to learn from you guys. I'm going to learn. What do you want? What, what tweaks do I make? What suggestions do you have? Like, I love my critiques as much as I love the praise because the critiques are the things that make you better, what you can improve on, what gets you more views. You know, the praise, that's good and all, but the critique to me is just as important, if not more important than the praise. But again, that's going to be all today. Thank you for listening. Even if you didn't listen to the whole episode, even if you just skipped to this particular part, just to listen to the last segment, even if you don't have any interest in sports, and I'm fine with that. And that's why I incorporate this segment into the show, because I want to broaden my audience. I want to give my thoughts on just random topics. And as you can see, it was ghosts and aliens and when Xbox and PlayStation and we got a little on battlefield and gaming. So, I mean, you never know what direction this could take. But um, that's all. And, you know, that's all until probably next week sometime. So thanks for listening. Have a great day.